This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 526 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Sunday, February 25th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, how's it going? It's going. I have new pitches to look at and to write about and to post. It's finally, so, finally happening. It's it's all it's all happening now. It's so great. Very excited. Justin Mason on the ones and twos. Appreciate him producing as always, especially on a Sunday morning. Uh, we we finally have baseball, guys, and it's it's been fantastic. Uh, just just to have it on, I feel like every year I get super hyped about it. I talk about this, and then like you know, a couple days in, I'm like, okay, background noise now, that's fine. But just having it is like having that security blanket of of baseball keeping me warm. And then you know, there's certain starters you want to watch those first couple innings, and of course we had Shohei Otani debut yesterday. So let's just dive in and talk about that. Mostly a, a news type episode today. We're going to hit a bunch of bits and pieces, and then I'm going to have you place. These last three remaining uh, big arms, but we'll start with Otani's debut. Um, goes an inning and a third, pretty wild, you know, just kind kind of throwing it around a little bit. Um, you know, velocity was good, 93, 93 to ninety seven. Uh, the splitter looked fantastic. I would I would grade it plus plus. I mean, y- you could see a case where it would almost be triple plus, which I don't think is really a grade people use. It's more plus and plus plus, but it it was nasty. I mean, it was definitely fall off the table sick. Uh, left fastball up right. to Keon Broxton. Like the one, the literal one thing you can't do to Keon Broxton is leave a fastball up. That's about the only thing that dude can hit. Um, and and he took him yard. But uh, what do you think of seeing uh, Shohei Otani for for an inning and a third on Saturday, Jason? I mean, I always expect the the import pitchers to have that splitter. To me, it's just like if they don't, I'm like, what's wrong with this guy? Because it seems like every one of them throw it. And even my brother, the the Red Sox fan, was like. When did the Angels get Matt Suzaka? Is what he looked at when he was we were eating dinner last night at my mom's house. So he, I'm like, um, you cannot be fat. You cannot be. He goes, oh yeah, I forgot about that guy. I'm like, oh god, whatever. It definitely, um, and it was reminiscent of of Tanaka's as well. I mean, like you know, you, yeah. you mentioned that a lot of the um, Japanese pitchers do have the 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 split change and. I mean, it, 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 it's great. It's a great pitch. It's very useful. I know uh, it's Hisashi Iwakuma's bread and butter, and he's and definitely— that's the delivery uh, it reminded me of. I mean, a, yes. a faster pace. I mean, uh, Iwakuma had the, the slower one, but that's the delivery. That's what I saw when I was watching him was just the Iwakuma delivery with obviously a, a more velocity and you know being able to throw all the stuff. I had to laugh 
Uh, I was watching a video clip of Brett Phillips talking about his at bat. And he's like, yeah, I saw one fastball, and I, I think he said he fouled it off. And he goes, that's the last fastball I saw in the entire at bat. I mean, it, it, again, I, I kind of came in house money here. The fact that he didn't throw up on the mound was enough for me because I just cannot even fathom the nerves that he had. I mean, no doubt. Uh, you know, just getting through it. Just get through it. Start to feel a part of American baseball for Otani and and worry about kind of the particulars down the line. Hell, we, we have such a, a long leash for guys that, that are well-established here and, and we know what from them and i understand that we don't really know what to expect tony but if you're grading him too harshly might need to pull back just a little like i know that we're looking for something awesome it would have been cool to see him just go out and uh throw two innings and and strike out six with just uh you know 97 at the eyes and then um Splitters, you know, dropping off the table, but it didn't happen that way. But nothing that I saw has me particularly concerned. Um, you know, Jeff Jeff Zerman wrote up his spring training notes, which, by the way, is, I think it's going to be an excellent new feature that we've got. He's got two days in, and just whatever he sees from the day before, the, the nice little bite-sized pieces, uh, it's going to be really interesting. And I think uh, I'm going to talk to him about, hey, days that he can't, I'll go ahead and fill in so that we got this, you know, four, five, six, seven times a week, even maybe every, maybe, maybe every single day uh, throughout spring training. And, uh, you know, he was a little, I thought he was a little tough on him. And I told him as much as I say, hey, you know, I thought, I thought you graded on a little bit of a, a tough one there. He's like, well, people can disagree. I was like, that's right. And I'm lobbying my disagreement on this particular one. So, um, you know, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm already eager for the next start. I'm, I, I'm not going to go too crazy here. The one thing is, if, if he is kind of meh, throughout spring training and it lowers his ADP. The, the one part I definitely agree with Jeff on is something I agreed with well before this start. You know, he says for 2018, uh, 73 average draft position is a little rich for me. That I, I already agree with. I was not paying that price. I've gotten Otani in some spots and it's been in the 90s, early 100s. So I feel like I've been getting him at a discount. I think it's because it's been industry leagues and the industry at large is peeling back. Whereas That's right. The, the general public is a little bit more uh, eager to jump in on Otani. So where yeah, do you I currently stand? Where, where, where are yeah. you paying? I You're paying higher than I am. Uh, and so that's why I don't see where I where I end up with them in drafts. But everything else that I do from here on out is an auction. And so in the the only AL auction I have left is Tout Wars. And Tout. I, I'm not going to see where he goes there. I can't either. I'm going to be intrigued and I'll – you know, I'd, I'd see – I'm probably out at $15, but he's never getting to $15. Because <laughs> we're going to uh, be, what, f- uh, like four starts in at that point? Right. I mean, at least, maybe five, depending yeah, on what kind of schedule. And my, track record, and my track record of overspending on import players and tout uh, the seasons I've done that, it has not gone well. So that, believe me, hangs out in my head. Although I did do well when I got Tanaka the year on the discount. Um, that worked out well. So, again – if it doesn't go well over the next four, four four stars or so, maybe there is a discount. Maybe get back in. And everything always depends on price, right? And so it is flexible right now. Uh, we're not really in on where the general market is with the ADPs uh, at seventy three. Not really going too much later than than eighties in some of the public stuff I'm seeing. But then industry, uh, it's been a little bit more cautious. And so maybe Tout Wars follows that same suit. And you're like, hmm, all of a sudden he's a little bit affordable. So we'll keep an eye on it. Um, 
you know, I'm I'm gonna brace y'all already. You might get overtime Otani overload because we're gonna talk about it pretty much every time out uh, through spring and, we should. and then through his. Fr- I, I think so too. Like I, I, I that's why I, I choose to do it. I'm already gonna say that we're going to do it because I think it's it's worth doing and just kind of. I, mean, I would say this: if if you're sick of seeing LeBron on ESPN coverage, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take that to the next level. <laughs> So, we may have to get a new uh, producer, but we're it's gonna be it's gonna be all Otani all the time. That's right. That's right. Basically, we're gonna have a, a separate Otani podcast and we're gonna cover his day-to-day life too. Like a cribs audio version. We're just gonna talk who's about gonna be the Brian who's gonna be the Brian Windhorst? You know, he's the guy on yes. the always covering the uh the Indians. So we need uh the the um, Cavaliers. So we need somebody on the fan graphs to be the Brian Windhorst of Otani. Or or Pedro Gomez when he used to live in um San Francisco, Barry Bonds, Bonds is, yes. Yeah. Like he used to like Better reporting call. live from Barry Bonds trash can. I'm Pedro Gomez, ESPN. Let's just the Dingleberry out of the way. Yeah, here I am. Twenty five. You, oh, get out of here, Justin. Wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't even pay twenty five cents for for Otani. What a clown. You need, you're sleep deprived. We both are. Uh, okay, next up, JD Martinez has not finished signing yet. He has not been announced. There's a little bit of a delay. Got to be a little bit nervous for some Boston fans here. Um, it's it's a signing delay due to a medical issue. I think it's related to the foot. And, of course, he, he got a late start last year due to the Liz Frank injury in his foot. I don't know if it's something that's cropped back up there. But uh, got to be a little bit of uh, of trepidation there if you're if you're the Red Sox. Remember, we saw this on a, a lower scale, of course, because he wasn't the same caliber as Martinez. But with the, um, I don't know why I almost said Jim Napoli. Who the hell's Jim Napoli? But the Mike Napoli deal, when he had a three year deal uh, signed sealed, it wasn't delivered yet, and then they peeled back, and it ended up being just a one year deal. So, what do you think is going to happen here with Martinez? Are you worried, or you think it's just diligence, and it's still going to be Good to go. Um, not too worried about it, or or are you concerned that maybe the the deal gets reworked? It's been almost a week now, five days, right? I think this was announced on Tuesday because I know I was having a conversation uh, last weekend with uh, one of my godsons, also a big Red Sox fan. I need to pick better relatives, um, but they. Uh, <laughs> He's like, hey, what's going to happen? I'm like, I said, honestly, as soon as the humidor news came out for Arizona to me, that said that J.D. Martinez was going to Boston. And then two days later, when I think Buster Olney was on it first um, or said something, and then he sends me this text. Oh, my God, it's happening. So uh, I guess that was Tuesday. I know I was traveling, uh, so it's really hard for me to narrow it down. But the five days, I mean, we've seen – even Baltimore gets through their medical issues quicker than this and, and either moves on or does something. Most, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit concerned. Out there. Fair enough. Uh, who bought him in a, a CBS ale auction at $17 when his status was unknown, just taking the gamble on him, uh, suggests. See, I would only pay 25 here. cents. I would only pay 25 yeah, cents. 25 cents for him. He suggests that he's a little nervous as well. So, you know, I, I get it because this has not been a guy who has been particularly healthy in his career. J.D. Martinez has had injury issues pretty much throughout. He just has the one healthy season. You know, you might, if you didn't have him on a team last year, you might lose sight of the fact that when you hear, okay, hit 45 homers 
um, and was just an absolute stud. Well, he of course he played a full season because he hit 45 homers. No, he did that in 119 games because he's absolutely insane. Um, and and if you just look up and down, it's since he broke out with the Tigers in 2014, it's been a buck 23, buck 58, buck 20, buck 19. So uh, three of the five, three of the four years has not been anywhere near a full season, but he's so good, gets the job done in the limited time. And he's going to be 30. So, you know, a little bit of concern here. If you have a draft coming up this week, um, you know, because at this point, we, drafts here from here on out, they can be scheduled at any point. Sometimes you got to schedule right. a little bit early because, um, you know, a couple of people can only make it at this time. So if you are going into a draft this week, what are you looking at in the mixed league with with J.D. Martinez? Would you be trying to get in on that discount similar to the way Justin did when when he didn't have a team yet? Or would you be peeling back? Yeah, I would be getting on a discount. I would be more worried if this was an NL and he didn't have the opportunity to DH, but at least he has okay. the opportunity to DH here. Uh, and maybe it's a maybe it's a few weeks issue, but I'm not as concerned with him in the American League. So do you see more of a scenario like the Napoli one where maybe they rip a year off of the deal or or pull back five mil or something, you know, pull back some dollars? Uh, more so than than it actually just being fully pulled for JD Martinez. Yeah, yeah, I could see them maybe moving around, maybe taking five to ten million of that and turning it into an incentive instead of a guarantee. Okay, okay, that yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, maybe not front loaded is what is what Justin says. Right. So uh, you know, or we shift that ten million, maybe take maybe take five million off this year and spread it over the next two years. So, do yeah. something like that. But obviously, something's happening behind the scenes. Um, around I this because they know what the issue is and they're just trying to find a happy medium between um, the risk that they're taking on and the and the player because yeah, again, I, this I is doubt Boris, it's a, this is uh, a Boris dude. I doubt we get a news that oh you know he's not a Red Sox anymore. I, I'd be really surprised on that. Um, let's move over to Texas. They've got a couple bits of news right now, small small bits, but uh, interesting nonetheless. Uh, Mike Miner's still eyeing a starting pitcher role. Remember when they signed him? Uh, we, of course, thought he was going to join their bullpen, maybe as even a potential closer because they didn't have anything really locked down. And then we heard, no, he's actually going to uh, to be pushed back into the starting. Well, not pushed back. It's, that makes it sound like he doesn't want to be. But uh, actually, but given a shot to jump back into the rotation, which is where he first uh, appeared as a, a major leaguer. And then they've since signed, I think, uh, Andrew Kashner and Bartolo Colon. No, Kashner went to Baltimore. Kashner went to Baltimore. He was th- with them last year. But Bartolo Colon came on board, and maybe there was some speculation that, okay, okay well, now they've got another arm here. Maybe they won't. Nope. Uh, that Mike Miner is still on track to go back to starting, which is, of course, something he wants to do. Generally speaking, if a guy started before and then he's in the bullpen, he wants to get back to starting uh make no mistake about that so this is definitely something that he's pushing for but that gives him hamels more minor fister bush cologne six guys there and cologne's only a non-roster invitee and no offense but he also is terrible so you know he shouldn't necessarily be pushing minor out even though i'm not super geeked on minors uh prospects in the rotation but what do you think about mike minor Going back into the rotation after a, a nice breakthrough year as a reliever, can he keep some of his gains and maybe you know be a better starter than he was back in the day with Atlanta? I mean, my thing, this whole rotation is garbage. 
It's so I mean, bad. And he he has he has the opportunity because the whole rotation is pretty much garbage. Hamels is on the decline. Matt Moore, who knows what to expect from Matt Moore this year? I yeah, love I, the gains he made in sixteen, and he just getting back to your throw up reference. I'm out. I'm out. He, he threw it all back up in seventeen. Yep. Uh, you're you're trying to push Bush from the bullpen to the rotation. Now you want to do it with Minor. I mean, honestly, they need to be signing more than just Bartolo Colon on the backside. They should be adding more arms to this situation. The problem is, mm. it seemed like all their eggs were like possibly in a Darvish basket. And once Darvish, yeah. once they're out of that, they're like, okay, never mind. We're not going to go after anybody else, and we're just going to throw quantity up there and try to try to uh, win game seven to six or something like that. But I oh, don't like the situation at Rangers. all. Yeah, exactly. This is like 1980s Rangers without Nolan Ryan. Yeah, we will talk about that more here in a moment because we, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna try to place these last three big arms and and maybe they're a fit. Um, you know, when he, when it was first mentioned that Miner might go back into the rotation, I definitely pushed back immediately. I was like, no, why? Because I really liked what he did out of the bullpen. But I am more open to, especially looking amongst this group. As you mentioned, it's not a very good group. I'm not. Fully ready to give up on Hamels. I'm not necessarily saying I'm drafting him in a bunch of spots or even really loving him in mixed leagues, but I know it was a terrible year last year in terms of his skills, but I'm not ready to just say he's 100% done because he's been right. so good. But um, with, so I guess it's shining a better light on Minor. And I look and I say, okay, you know, he added four miles per hour. Yeah, he made uh, a big jump on VLO. You know, what if he keeps half of that? And so he's sitting 92 uh, out of the rotation. And didn't he? Yeah, he he really amped up his slider usage. Now maybe he doesn't use it thirty six percent of the time as a starter, but if he uses it, say you know upper twenties, twenty seven, twenty eight percent of the time, that would still be double what he did uh, ever before, which was a solid fourteen, fifteen percent with the Braves. So maybe right. using his best pitch and having that added velo. Maybe there is a little bit something sure. here where he could be a 390 ERA sort of guy, which wouldn't be too bad, particularly for an AL only situation. So no. all I'm saying is let's keep an eye on Miner as he starts uh, throughout spring training. We will revisit him, and maybe it's not uh, so, all lost. So here's what here's what my thoughts are on him is you know if we think back and it's it's not just a cheap lefty to lefty comp, but this is this is their next attempt at CJ Wilson. If you think CJ back. Wilson, yep. You know, C.J. Wilson, they had him as a reliever in 2010. They flipped into the rotation, and he was moderately successful given that, you know, it worked. And then he was even better after that. Now, I'm, I'm not expecting him to, you know, when you look at C.J. Wilson, came out and won 15 games with a 335 ERA the first year out of it mm-hmm. uh, and flipped that switch. But I'll go I'll go out on somewhat of a limb and say that Mike Miner is the most valuable starting pitcher in that rotation. Okay. Again, against, against the backdrop. Limb. Yeah. Against the backdrop, that that rotation sucks. And, th- so, and that's fair, but it is <laughs> something of a limb because again, I don't think Cole Hamels is complete, it, it completely done. So I do think that that is that there is a, you know it's not quite maybe bold prediction worthy, but it's definitely something of uh, okay that's that's noteworthy. And again, we'll update him as we see Mike Miner make some starts and 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 cover it a little bit more. Sticking with thing. Texas. What's that? Before uh, one more thing, I will say in, in an AL only format, I don't see any of these starting pitchers earning double digits. I don't see anybody being a ten dollar pitcher. Yeah, I was I was kind of mentally uh, reviewing it. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I, I think that's like, I don't know really what to make at all of Matt Bush. Um, I don't mess with Doug Fister at all. He's going to try to be their Andrew Kashner this year. More been down that road 62 billion times. I'm done. And like I said, for the last time, I'm, Hamels is the one I'm kind of like holding out a little bit of hope for, but he's also 34 and coming off a terrible year. So I, I totally get that. Cologne, we already talked about him. Justin, Justin putting in the text to Cologne. He had to run, uh, step away from the Maybe computer. Maybe he's getting back to Pedro Gomez. I don't know. <laughs> he missed our great talk about Cologne. Uh, staying with Texas, Jerkson Profar expected to be on the opening day roster as he is, in fact, out of options. And, and kind of the takeaway from the story that I read was that they're not actively shopping him because you know it would be either be a situation of trading him or of course he's going to be on the opening day roster um the the problem becomes jason where exactly does he play because they've got rudin and odor uh, at second base they've got elvis andrews at shortstop and they've got adrian beltre at third base and yeah you can get those guys a, a, a day off each week you know every week and get each one of them a day off Still not going to get you. That's going to get you about 80 starts. That's half a season for for Jerks and Profar. And they have told him that outfield is off the table because it didn't work for him. Uh, it wasn't something that that he really took to. And so they, they've taken that off of his plate. Jerks and Profar still just 25, but it obviously hasn't panned out as expected. What do you see from from Profar this year? Honestly, I feel like he's going to be dealt. When you go into a spring training with everybody, when you have guys like this that are out of options, uh, Dilson Herrera is another guy that I'll bring up uh, along those lines, that if they don't, the teams, they don't want to cut them. They, they'd like to get something for nothing rather than exposing the waiver. So you see some types like this get dealt towards the end of spring training. And if you go through all those machinations you just did, where are you going to find him playing time? But if another team comes calling and says, hey, I, you know, we'll let Profar play some outfield. Okay, what well, will you give us for him? Uh, then well, maybe something comes up there. Especially if if there's an injury in the, well, I don't think that, I don't think he wants to go to the outfield though. So I don't think it'd be a situation where, hey, we got an outfield spot for him. Not that, not that Texas would automatically say, well, we're not going to trade him for that. Like, I don't think they owe that to him or whatever. So if, it, if he did get traded to a team and that team wanted to put him in the outfield, well, then, you know, you're contracted to play there. Then get your ass out in the outfield. He doesn't want to play there though. So maybe an injury to an infield situation and they come knocking and say, hey, we'll take jerks and pro far. The one thing there there is, of course, you know, Beltre was hurt last year and he's gonna be thirty nine years old. So right. I could see that, but then comes in the shoulder and and you know, the arm thrown across the field all day. Because you're not gonna move Odor over there and and of course you're not gonna move Andrus either. So I wonder if the arm it can hold up uh enough or, or the shoulder can hold up enough for, for jokes jerks and profile to be throwing uh from third to first, you know, X amount of times every single game. So I don't know. I, I I'm reluctant to completely give up on him too. Although, I, unlike somebody like Cole Hamels, who's obviously got an amazing track record of 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 being a tremendous pitcher, there's really nothing for Jerickson Profar other than his prospect status. He's been a complete nightmare in the majors. And yes, yep. it is a sporadic 718 plate appearances spread out over four seasons, but nothing good. The OPS pluses of these of these little four bits, two of it's it's really two bits and then two or two extended um samples and then uh two tiny chunks 17 plate appearances 324 307 70 and here are the ops pluses 63 77 75 35 
awful. That's Add hot. it all up, 71. Maybe so, he can pitch. Maybe Yeah, maybe maybe he has to be switched over to the mound. But again, his busted up shoulders, that doesn't really help. Right. He's a switch hitter. I guess if the outfield was, was more of a play, I, I might feel a little bit better. But I, as much as I want to get excited, I just can't find the avenue. So I think... I can't imagine taking Profar. He's like one of those guys that you see as this oasis in the deep league reserves because you're like, Jerkson Profar, I remember that name. I remember that prospect value. Let me get him. I'm not sure I see enough there to really to really jump, Jason. What about you? Yeah. No, I agree. I, agree. I mean, in his current situation, there's just not the interest. And even their most recent reports on him weren't that crazy uh, for him. For you know, He doesn't hit well from the right side. Left side is where he's done most of his air quotes damage. Uh, but not terribly excited in the situation. I just wish there was a decent report about which players are out of options because of those are the guys that we need, especially it's if you're on doing a single league draft. Oh, there is one. We can call it together. We, we, you know what? That's an article piece right there to uh, call it I know together. Last year, last year there was a piece, uh, MLB trade rumors on March 14th, because I was looking for it, had a piece that said, hey, these are the guys that are out of options. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That's very helpful. Because in that in that uh, single league format, it's helpful to know that you know, like I mentioned earlier, I have an NL only draft on on March 11th. I would like to know which guys are out of options uh, to possibly use as the tiebreaker. Because let's say I do draft draft Dilson Herrera, and then he gets flipped to the Rangers for something else. Great, I just lost him. Let me uh, let me write that down. I'm getting my trusty little notebook out here. I think that's uh, great. Because you know what, I was actually just talking about something about finding options for somebody tonight on my Twitch stream. And I was like, this baseball reference should listen. And I was like, maybe roster resource does boom went over there, found out that they in fact do. And so, you know what, I'll go through each team and do uh, out of options piece. And I'll try to post it. Um, I'll try to post it tomorrow, but if not, then Tuesday. All right. See, we're out here. We're out here putting together article ideas. This is, this is fantastic. So the consensus is a no go on, um, a no go on Profar, right? Yeah. Okay. Unless it's a change of scenery, even in a change of scenery, I'm not super psyched. Yeah, I think that's fair too. Again, because we haven't seen anything at the major league level to really feel that confident. Somebody we are confident about. Actually, I don't want to speak for you, but I know I am. I think you are too. Joe Musgrove, out in uh, Pittsburgh, uh, having a little bit of a shoulder situation, is going to throw a BP, but uh, I think there will be no breaking balls. So it is a step forward, but he was shut down due to discomfort in his shoulder. And this is his kind of return back. Um, he did spend time on the disabled list last year with a shoulder issue. So right. this bullpen today is an encouraging sign. But, you know, there's a little bit of uh, of nerves here that, that he's hurt. I will say this, though. It's already kind of baked into the price. He's so cheap that even with the injury concern, I'm not really moved. It's not like he's even going top you know, 200, um, he's, he's top 300 right now. So I feel like I'm still going to be okay. Even with the health concerns here, what do you think about Joe Musgrove, uh, having a bullpen for his shoulder? You know, I, we liked Musgrove last year when the velocity mm-hmm. came in and it wasn't just bullpen. I mean, his couple of starts when he came back off the disabled, when he came back from the minors, um, showed he had made, and this was some, yeah, Billy Vino had talked about with you guys on one of his last, um, appearances, was that Ooh. he had made some mechanical tweaks. Yeah, some some dude um, keeps texting us. It's like, I can't block him either. It's really <laughs> annoying. Um, 
but he had talked about he had made some mechanical tweaks while down in AAA, and that's where the velocity really came from rather than the bullpen. I want to see that play out in the middle of the season. I'm hoping this is just one of those stories where you know, you've you've just started your work uh, after a layoff, and now your shoulder's a little bulky. Um, but I'm not interested in, in Musgrove if if the uh, if the velocity's down. I want to see it back up because when it was down, um, it, it just wasn't that effective. It was way too many disasters. Um, disastrous appearances, and this is somebody who owned him in a couple of leagues last year, just trying yep. to believing in the stuff. So honestly, I want to see radar guns, and that's really my frustrating uh, frustration part so far is the broadcast that I've seen on TV. Nobody's putting radar guns. Nobody's putting radar readings up. I was trying to watch uh, the uh, uh, Rays and, and Red Sox yesterday, and Jacob Faria's uh, outing did not go well, and uh, but I couldn't tell. It looked like he was throwing slow, but I couldn't tell. Um, and unfortunately, it, th- those are a lot harder to get out of Florida than they are in Arizona. I know that Brooks Baseball is usually able to capture some stuff out of Arizona. Yeah. Uh, it's better set up, but Florida seems to be devoid of it. So we're kind of flying blind outside of reports from from scouts and whatnot. So we'll try to keep an eye on certain stuff like that. And Musgrove's definitely another guy that uh, we will monitor because I, you know, I really do like him. Uh, I like the whole thing like him in the past too. With Pitt, honestly, with Pittsburgh, it's, you know, NL only plays. I'm curious about Musgrove. I like how Chad Cool um, ended the season. Like we cool took him in. Well. We took him in labor. Uh, Avon Nova's talking about bringing back his slider this year. Uh, I got that on the new pitch. Go to the new pitch Just tracker a and read through bats, that. Dude, just yes. like have a 20% strikeout rate, and I'm fully back in on Nova. Like I was hyped on him last year, and. It didn't it didn't end up poorly because he wasn't expensive, but I right. still feel like it, it could have been like a, a, a total gem, like a mixed league gem, if he just misses a few more bats. Six point three and like I think that's a seventeen percent rate just doesn't translate these days. Trevor Williams on, on a late dart um yep. is, is not bad either. So I I'd like I like those guys, and we've been picking them up. Uh, I know I've seen some of your drafts, some of the uh, the one we did together, and different things. But I, that staff intrigues me. Now, offensively, it's it's a it's a different story um, with Pittsburgh, but that staff intrigues me. I completely agree. So we will, yeah, we will monitor that as well. I know a lot of this is here's a little bit of news now, and we'll continue to monitor it. But hey, that's that's the way it is. We're we're, we're three days into spring training, and that's the way it's going to be now. Uh, Buster Posey been held out with a minor ankle injury. I'm not so cur- concerned about that, other than to kind of let people know because I know some of this stuff can slip through the cracks for people. And so when it's a superstar uh, having something like this, I definitely want to want to make it known. But I'm kind of curious of how you're attacking catcher as a general thing with with uh, San. Chez Posey and Contreras being at the top and then kind of the rest. Uh, let's assume two catcher leagues because you and I play mostly two catcher leagues. It's completely different in one catcher. But in two catcher leagues, are you more apt to try to get in on that front end or are you uh, going to that next tier? Or are you waiting middle or are you waiting end? And I think there's kind of four different things there. How do you approach catcher in two catcher situations? So if I go, the only two catcher situation that I've done so far is the draft and hold the, that you and I are in. And mm-hmm. if we and, look and at labor. And mixed labor. Yeah, and labor, but you know, that's we had the same opinion. There really wasn't much uh, difference there. We didn't go after True. one of the super high guys. But I was trying. I'm going to pull up my catcher. I my first catcher didn't happen until late, and that really wasn't by design. Like my first catcher was Christian Vasquez in round okay. 19, and then I, I took uh, uh, took uh, Russell Martin in round 23 because I was like, he's falling this. Far. I almost took Martin in 19, 
And then he just kept falling and falling. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll take him now. Yeah, but I remember a few other times that I had been sniped on something and I was like, oh, oh well, I lost that guy. Like I remember beef was beef went in round 13. I would have taken him had he made it back. Uh, had he made it, I'm sorry, round 12. Had he made it back to me, I would have taken him. Um, I, Lou Croy went the pick after me that round. So there were a couple times I, I would like to get out of the first 12 rounds with a catcher. I don't really like, I'm not crazy about a Vasquez Martin combination in a 15 team mixed league, but it's what I ended up with. But I'm, I'm usually trying to get that catcher in uh, round 10, uh, 10 to 13. I'd like to get one. Yeah, I'm with you there. And, and again, we had agreement. That's why it was pretty easy for, for our labor team. We took uh, Evan Gaddis in the ninth. And then Austin Barnes in the 15th, and you right. know, he's actually gotten some bad news himself with, with the shoulder, and we already know that uh, he's not going to be the primary catcher right now, but there is second, a second base avenue for him. I'm actually okay. – obviously, if the shoulder's all right, uh, that's a big key, but as far as this news not being great for him – not the end of the world for me because uh, let's lower that price. Like, you know, let's 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 go ahead and bring that down um, so that I can continue to get him in the teens rounds and then the later teens the better. But I'm totally with you. I don't want. I'm not averse to like a Sanchez or 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 Posey or even a Contreras in the right situation. But then if I don't get them, I'm not getting that Yadi Molina, uh, Salvador Perez. I'm I'm. I'm skipping that second tier, and then I'm jumping to the Castillo beef, which is uh, Wellington Castillo, for those that don't know. Ga- the Gaddis-Ramos beef trio is one that I'm really honed in on, trying to get one of those, and then a flyer for the second guy. But also not the last guy. I'm not I'm not trying to get – I'm not trying to get uh, Chance Cisco or – Honestly, either one of the Flowers, Suzuki, I know they had the perfect platoon season last year, but betting on that to happen again, no. I'm yep. more apt to get like a Tucker Barnhart who's just guaranteed playing time because you know he's a great defender um, to go with with a guy uh, like like a Gaddis or somebody. But uh, yeah, I think that's how I'm mostly approaching it is, is kind of working in that middle. I don't want to be the last guy getting stuff because – Dollar dollar days, back end round catchers are generally negative propositions, but I also think that the high end is a little too expensive for my blood. Yeah, I mean, even with, at the highest end, when you look at Sanchez, what do you go sixteenth in labor? Yeah, uh, and, and he right went after, in the draft and hold we did. He went 29th. We had you know, one chance at him. Our first round that was, pick. It. That was, that was our it. only chance. Yep, and, and Doctor we Roto. I remember hearing Doctor Roto saying that you know he liked the guy, and what he we looked at what he was going to do a catcher. That's why he took him there. Uh, when, he, when he looked at his other plans, but you know, with Buster Posey, I wouldn't spend twenty five cents on him. After what I read this morning, here's his exact quote. There was an article by Jerry Krasnick about you know while the rest of MLB goes young, the Giants are doubling down on players in their thirties. And here's Posey. I'm very happy to be part of an organization that's doing that. I thought about it when the Rays designated Corey Dickerson for assignment after he hit 27 home runs, home, homers. I'm glad I didn't get drafted by the Rays. F. Buster Posey. <laughs> F. Whoa. Buster Posey. I hope you the team won 70 games. Salted. And I hope his ankle has to get amputated. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. The Sandy Casimir of... The Giants are, is going to be swinging on you. Oh, oh that my! Trade, that trade's going that trade's going to be working out real. That deal's going to be working out real well. Sandy's going to have to. Uh, he's going to get that Justin to wear that shirt and send a picture of Sandy. <laughs> Buster Posey just shaking oh, himself in his team. My goodness, yeah. Grant Brisby is going to be listening. Grant, if you're listening to this, 
You fire a shot on, on Jason. Don't you dare <laughs> let him talk about your beloved club like this. However, I also agree with him. F the Giants for 2012. And screw you, Pablo Sandoval, you bastard. All right. <laughs> let's 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 place some pictures here. We got three studs left. We got Jake Air well, you know, studs relatively speaking. They they they're flawed. They're flawed. They you know, but they're really good pitchers. Uh Jake Arietta, Lance Lynn, and Alex Cobb are left on the market here. Again, all three quality arms uh and they don't have spots yet let's place these guys let's you know, start before we with- place them though before we place them honestly if they don't get into a camp by this end of this week i don't see how they start the season right you think about you think about the maybe you know maybe they're doing their thing at the at the free agent camp in bradenton or whatever but you know you know maybe a simulated game or a, a pitching a game with everybody else but you want to face real live major league dudes and they're, yes. they've already missed that one opportunity. So they're going to miss another one. Uh, even if they, let's say somebody signs today, they're still going to miss the next one. Oh yeah. And maybe the third one's in doubt too. too. So yeah, I could see them doing extended spring training and maybe missing the, maybe missing a start or two if they don't get signed here in the next week. So keep that in mind. Again, if those of you having early drafts, you might be getting these guys at a discount, but make sure that there is, like, if you if you think, okay, I'm just using examples because I actually don't know his ADP offhand, but let's say you think Jake Arrieta is a seventh round guy, and then you get him as a ninth round guy, and you're like, that's a good discount. Maybe you need it to be tenth or eleventh to account for not only the discount of him not having a team yet, so it's up in the air, but also the fact that he could miss some regular season time. I think you make a great point that these guys might not be ready. So that is, that is very He's valuable. 97. He's 97 at ADP and, uh, and overall for pitchers. I didn't, I can't break that down by starters and relievers, but he's 97. Yeah. Right yeah, now. yeah. Um, so that's going to be in a 15 team league. That's seventh round. Hey, I nailed it. Look at me. I'm a genius. Cobb is 225. 225. That and, is the 15th round. Or and Lynn yeah. is uh 224. Well, well, then we know what that is. That's also the fifteenth round. Um, I like I, I like both those guys. At, at the, they're they're pretty cheap. I like that. But uh, obviously, Arietta, you know, he's going much higher. He is the the better pitcher of of, of the three, the best pitcher of the three. Uh, but you know, if he was so much better, he'd probably have a landing spot right now. Like it's kind of crazy that that he doesn't have a landing spot for as good as he's been in very recent years. Uh, you know, we just got you Darvish signed, so maybe it's uh, asking too much to have these other guys signed. But it's like they've got interest, but I, I think Arietta specifically has had plenty of offers. He's just holding out for something that he's probably not going to get. But let's start with him. Um, the John Ross, the John Paul Morosi piece that I will link in in the show notes uh, mentions the teams that uh, he had a source tell him on on Saturday night. These are the teams that have kind of checked in on these guys: the Brewers, Yankees. Phillies, Rangers, Orioles, and Nats. And that makes sense. And if you got teams beyond that, by all means, uh, include those as well. But if you want to keep it confined to these teams and, and place them amongst these six teams, then we can do that as well. But uh, Jake Arietta, what is your outlook on him for 18? And, and where do you see him going? All right. So let's immediately cross the Nats off that list. There is no effing way he's going to Baltimore. Wait, 
Not the Nats. I'm sorry. The, ball, the Orioles. The Orioles. Okay. Sorry. Because yeah, yeah, I want to say he's going possible. to. Yeah, I, I want to say he's going to the Nationals because we always you know. When you said that, I was like, he's going. Yeah. Like, that's where I think he's going. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I mix my yeah. story up because there's no effing way he's going to Baltimore. There's no but chance. When you have a Boris client who's been sitting out there forever looking for the deal, they always tend to go to Washington and uh, Detroit, but, and we're we're out, we're out of that game anymore. Yes. But when you look, but here's the thing that complicates this thing. According to baseball reference, next year, Scherzer and Strasburg make a combined $80.4 million. What the fuck? Scherzer is at 42. Remember, they had those backloaded deals. I thought they backloaded it to like when he's not pitching, like like he's almost like Bobby Bonilla it up. It's just money on this deal. I don't know how it is, but that's how they have the money committed to this on on paper. Now, it's probably backloaded across, but I guess for whatever – but I'm looking at BREF, and they've got the future payroll in 2019, 42.1, Scherzer, 38.3, Strasburg. Now, it may be going pushing out, but that's just what it is on paper. I, but think, I, I think there is some defer- deferrals there. That, right. that, that, so the defer- but, but either way, points I don't know how they have to keep it on. I don't know how it can to get the salary cap. That's our, not the, the luxury tax. That's kind of where I'm getting at, right? Yes, and that, but, that is an interesting point because I don't but know after either. that. After that, you've got Zimmerman at eighteen million. Good God, um, Adam Eaton at eight four, and that's it for the committed yeah. contracts. I mean, it makes sense to put Arietta here because you know I'm I've already said where I am on Gio Gonzalez and Tanner Roark this year, and and that's down. And you look at uh, their fifth their fifth starter projected right now is Cole. It is. So oh, yeah, it is. yeah, yeah, yeah. AJ Cole, you know, a former it, it, prospect. To me, this is just, where this is where he's going. Yeah, uh, if, if I'm looking you. at the re- I'm looking at the regression from the Roark and, and and Geo. You've got the other two. I think. I mean, it would be just disgusting what they're able to do. But I just don't know how it counts against the luxury tax and where it all fits in. It's just to me, this is where he is going to end up. Okay, so let's put Jake Gary out of there. I'm, I'm agreeing with you because that's exactly where I think he's going to go to. Now, as as a Nat, how does Jake Arrieta perform? Uh, would you be excited? Would you move him off of that ADP upward? Would you say 97th overall? Would you in want to take top 100 him? right now? Uh, I mean, as a net, he he's going to get the Marlins a couple times, which is nice. Uh, he's but that's really the only layup. I mean, the Mets are well, looking a little better. The uh, Phillies, like, look, don't, don't get me wrong, I've been among those hyping the Braves, but that's on a that's that's betting on the come. Like they're still they're not yet a team to be feared on on. But it's not a layup. It's not a layup, though. That's that's fair. Just the the top three alone with Inciarte, Albies, Freeman can give you some trouble once Acuna gets up there and starts doing it. But then you got Flowers, Marquecas, Camargo, Swanson. So you're right. It's not a layup, but it's it's not that much. I'll tell you, based on ADP. You know where he is at ADP right now. I mean, he'll he'll get the offensive support in the Nationals. That'll be nice. But like guys, I'd like. From a talent level, like I'll, you know, it's only a few. It's not that much difference between where he's going. But you know, Tanaka's half around later. I'll take that more than I'll take him. But then you start looking down behind him, and you're like, maybe he's accurately placed because your next starting pitcher is behind him on ADP. Luis Castillo, who we all love from a stuff perspective, but we have no idea what's going to be there. How that bullpen is going to be able to preserve his the preserve his outings. Uh, sure. And that type of thing. Then you've got, we said Tanaka already, you've got uh, Barrios. It depends yeah. which which dart you want to chase. Luke Weaver. I, I, w- I would go I'm- Barrios uh, uh, cheaper. Uh, but when one guy's uh, like around cheaper, 
or, or right. close to. I'll, I'll go Barrios, but you know they're close. You could definitely make the case to go Arietta, Alex Wood, David Price, Kyle Hendricks, John Lester. Those are your next guys. And I'm not that. like, and, and uh, for Arietta versus those guys, I'm not like Tanaka is the only one. I'm like, yep, every time I'll take Tanaka over Arietta. Yeah, that, that's fair. I love Price uh, on the bounce back, but I can easily see somebody saying no. I'd rather go with Arietta as a Washington National. Um, even with the discount, because you know he got price at one sixteen, and I th- I think with Arietta he'll go up maybe a little bit. Maybe his ADP goes up like seven picks. You know he's he's ninety instead of ninety seven. I don't I don't think he's gonna shoot up. I don't think he's gonna be top seventy five all of a sudden on average because he goes to Washington. So okay, so we got him placed there. Now we have Lynn and Cobb, and, and they're similar. Um, so. Well, I'll just start with Lynn. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter which one because, again, I think they're, they're both pretty similar in, in overall talent. Lance Lynn um, had an interesting year last year where he kind of outran a, a big home run rate, and I think people really zeroed in on that FIP, yeah, and concerned about him. And he's never allowed homers like that, and thus. I'm not certain that that's going to stick. His homer to fly ball rate doubled. Now, granted, he did track with with some really low homer to fly ball rates, 7% for his last three seasons running, 13, 14, 15. Remember, he had 16 off due to Tommy John, and then jumps up to 14. Um, and I know that, obviously, home runs were were a big thing across the league, so it all kind of fit. I'm, I, I, I'm way willing. I'm way willing to say that this uh, – 482 FIP is is too high. That's not how I'm projecting him at all. I still think he's a mid to upper threes ERA guy. But where do you have Lance Lynn going, and what's your 2018 outlook? I mean, I like him quite a bit. When you think about the last thing that comes back when you come back from Tommy John is your command. So that's where I'm writing the home runs off to. Because, you know, again, you look at his track record for year after year after year. This wasn't a problem. Last year, it became a problem. Could it have been the way the, the league is changing? Maybe, but I'm also going to give a big chunk of that to getting your command back first year back from a Tommy John surgery. Could so, you know, when, when I look at where to place him, I, I know that, you know, friends of ours like uh, John Bonas, Aaron Gleam are talking about the twins are done. I don't think the twins should be done. I would put him in Minnesota and take a chase, take a chase there because, you know, they, yes, they did sign Annabelle Sanchez. Barf. But yeah, you know, they're looking at a chance that they've got a legitimate shot at a wild card, if not competing for their division. I think that's a little yeah. uh, high on Cleveland. But you can't Gibson, Mejia, and Sanchez. And I like Mejia, but I'm not a I'm not a Gibson believer. I'm certainly not a Sanchez starting rotation believer. Uh, and yes, they did pick up Jake Odorizzi, but they have him as a two, and that's a four. Uh, if I could. You know, that they need to go get one. Go get go get one of these two guys. And I think Lynn would be the guy they should go get. I, I, I fully agree on every point you made, um, except for the well, not not even except for because the Sanchez thing, it's so easy. Like, I can't I can't push back and say, how dare you besmirch the, the great name of Annabelle Sanchez if I could turn off injuries, which obviously we can't. But if I if I felt like he was going to have a modicum of health. I still think there's a little something in there, but that's that's flyer as hell, and they're kind of relying on him. So I I, I totally agree with you there. Losing Santana is such a big blow. If they still had Santana, having um, bringing in Odorizzi, and then you're going uh, Santana, Bur- Burrios, Odorizzi, Alberto, Gibson, 
that's a five that's okay, but but losing Santana for two months, then you don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back. Bingo. That's a situation where they need to they need to be aggressive here. So I, I think that they should get at least one of these two guys. I would prefer Lynn as well. And I make um, the same if, story about Milwaukee, and this is where you know Milwaukee with Cobb. You look at the. Are you going to put Cobb I, there? I, this is where I want to put them because you look. They were in. You know they were in on Darvish, so were the Twins. Neither yeah. of them, uh, you know, neither of them got them. And you look at that Milwaukee rotation regression with Anderson has to be coming. I like Shashin. Uh, you know, by the way, I've got a twelve dollar Lance Lynn or a six dollar Shashin in my and only. And I've got to turn in keepers next week. Right now, I'm looking at that twelve dollar Lance Lynn if he signs somewhere. I don't want him to go to Minnesota, but it makes a whole bunch of sense. I would prefer it him does. to go to Milwaukee. Um, but then you know they got Zach Davies, Gallardo, Miley. Both of these wrote. The, you know, the Brewers, the Brewers more than the Twins need this uh, because I like the Brewers offensively, and I think they're another pitcher away from really making a nice push this year. Uh, and they don't have a Barrios, right? And they don't have one coming up either. No, they they, they don't. They're not. <laughs> Justin said the Brewers need all three: Arietta, Lynn, and Cobb. Let's get true. it done. But where, um, I mean, they, honestly, there doesn't seem like there doesn't seem to be another home for these guys when you look at everybody else's. Pretty much done with what they, you know, what they need. Texas. We we did talk about Texas, and Texas could get could use one of these three as well. But I think if they get like Lynn or Cobb, like it does move the needle because we talked about how we don't really love it. But I don't think it moves the needle enough. I think they need to be Arietta or bust, to be honest. Yeah, but yeah. even adding one of these guys does not improve Texas's playoff chances to me. Not, not like it would. Not, not like it would for Milwaukee and Minnesota. And I agree with you there. I to- I totally agree with you there. Um, so that makes sense. And and Justin also mentions Philly. They were mentioned on this list too. It was it was Brewers, Yankees, Phillies, Rangers, Orioles, Nats, and um, Philly would be an interesting one for Arietta. They've been talking kind of like it would almost be kind of their Hosmer deal again. A team on the rise that has a farm system that's that's saying hey we're going to be something here very soon. And they sign a couple veterans. In the, in their case, it's two guys. Uh, Santana and Arietta kind of equaling the Hosmer deal that 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 San Diego did and saying we're signing a couple impact veterans to lead our clubhouse. What do you think of Arietta if he went to a Philly? Let's let's take him off the Nats for a minute, even though that's where we both like him. What do you think if he went to like a Philly? Would you, would you be interested in that? Not my favorite ballpark for him to be p- pitching in. Fair. I would I would like him less. I would like him less in Philly. And I agree. I mean, the money wise, it makes sense because the only big contract they have is Carlos Santana. Yeah, and that one's controlled. Everything else is wide open. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not as crazy about him there. I mean, it works, but I much much prefer him in Nationals. I mean, to me, that's that's like a, a fifteen to twenty pick difference. Okay. Okay. You know? I, 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 that's like a round round. That's like a round round and a half of value. And I, and I will point out, you know, talking about um, uh, Lance Lynn's homers, um, and again, you know, we both think they're going to improve. But just just to put it out there, uh, going to Milwaukee certainly wouldn't be the the easiest way to help and improve. He would have to make that command, uh, have that command return to make it improve. And then same thing for Arietta in terms of a some ballpark. If he did go to Milwaukee, that too would be a ballpark that is not ideal for really anybody. But um, I also still think that Arietta, if he went to Milwaukee, if they ponied up, that'd be good. Well, I think Cobb you would be see- the best fit for Milwaukee. If Cobb, if Cobb could get his change up back and get back to the big yes, ground ball rate, thing. that would be beautiful. Yeah, I had to laugh at Philly as I'm looking at their payroll. You know a team's rebuilding when they have exactly zero Boris clients on the payroll. 
Exactly. That's hilarious. Um, uh, by the way, well, as we're wrapping up here, so we've placed these three guys. A uh, couple, two, two quick questions. One, where are you putting Mike Moustakis? And two, uh, to, to fulfill Ray's corner, to piss people off, um, <laughs> do, you think, do you think that they make any more trades uh, uh, of, of – of substance, not 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 isolated or not uh, fringe moves of a twenty fourth guy, but like basically what I'm talking about is Kiermaier and Archer. Right. God, where am I going to put Mike Mustakas at this rate? It's so crazy. Um, kind of have to agree with Justin. He says, uh, "Yeah, but I, I'd have problem putting him in St. Louis because that needs Carpenter goes to first base and then Jose Martinez gets put on no man's island, and that'll okay. suck." That's true. Well, yeah, they, honestly, but how can they let that? How do you let the that bat that showed all that potential last year go into that kind of reserve capacity? Maybe that's uh, you know that's a trade. I told somebody the other day I would love for the Rays to flip Alex Colomay for Jose Martinez. Oh yeah, that that'd be really interesting. I don't care what how if, old he is; just let him hit. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What if uh, St. Louis is as worried about Carpenter's shoulder as you are, and so then they do want to get him at first and protect him. Uh, and Justin also points out that they're, they've never really been super fans of Colton Wong. So no. Carpenter can go to the second. So I don't think, I don't even think like uh, it would automatically cut off uh, a Mike Moustakas to St. Louis. I don't even think it would necessarily cut off Jose Martinez because of the, uh, a couple other scenarios here that we're mentioning. So I do think it's a path. Another one would be Atlanta that I keep hearing on, on maybe even just a pillow contract, if not like a more of a two, three year deal as almost their sort of move of another team rise. Hey, we've got this veteran who's been around the block. They already have one with Freeman, but you can have two. You don't only have to have one guy who's been around. And they've got other guys, too. It doesn't always right. have to be like this locker room thing. But it's it's a couple guys that kind of get that boost going, too, with all these young guys. Do you have any love for Moustakis in Atlanta? Uh I think it's okay. I mean, it would that they definitely have the the room for it if they want to go ahead and make the payment. It's not going to be blocking anything. I think one of the things that seems to be is that looming. It's like next year's free agent class. I, I think if yeah. next year's free agent class didn't include Machado and didn't include Harper, then somebody would have already made a move right now. I mean, the Yankees are an obvious thing when you look at them. They they've got some musical chairs. They just added Brandon Drury, who I like quite a bit there this year uh you know he's a guy he's a guy that he went this he spent this winter with the with the guys that worked on chris taylor and jd martinez for launch angle you know that happened this year uh you look at his batted ball profile and just go to a baseball savant and put in his line drives and his fly balls and put that overlay on yankee stadium he's got up to more five home runs so he went you know the bold prediction I wrote from my RotoWire piece is that he gets 25 bombs this year. I gave him five for the swing change, and I gave him five more for the ballpark change. And you know, again, for this, Drew, these are 25 for 25. Drew, you said? I put 25 in there, and this is bold, and this is like still low end of the probability spectrum. Yes, but bold I could, predictions I could, are like it, we we there's a path. It 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 has a realistic path, but it's not the likely outcome. Right. So it has to be based somewhat in reality. And then so yes. then you look at their you look at their current depth chart and say, okay, Drury played some second base. So let's move Drury to second base and let's kick out let's kick out Tyler, Tyler Wade, Wade from second base. And then that frees up Mustakas at third base. But then what do you do with super prospect Glaber Torres? You know, they're gonna he's Pretty much ready to go now. Where are you going to play him? He's also super young and returning from Tommy John, though, too. So it's not like 
Sure. You know, he. I, I don't disagree with the point that that he's pretty close to ready, but he has 23 games at AAA, and he's going to be 21. So it's not like they couldn't let him bake there for a half year, and you also, you know, you you have an easy path to do the Super 2 without starting a Tyler right. Wade or a Ronald Torres and making so, it look sketchy. So then you decide, okay, let's go this route, and maybe we add Moustakas and just take ourselves out of the Manny Machado uh, particular situation. And then, you know, maybe I jokingly said this like three months ago when the when the Yankees signed Stan, uh, traded for Stanton. I'm like, watch them go out and buy Bryce Harper next year, too, and have the infield of Harper and Judge so and Stanton. Insane. And who knows? But, I mean, to me, I would like Mustakas obviously a ton if he hit in that ballpark. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, Atlanta makes Atlanta makes sense too. But it just when I when I continue to look at this Yankee situation and you know how they like to play off one another. The Yankees did their things. The Red Sox did their thing. Maybe the Red Sox. Maybe the Yankees come back and do another thing here. I don't know. It just it's just crazy to me that somebody of this caliber uh, is still sitting out there as games begin. And it's not like he's it's not like he's holding out. Uh, some you know, he's, he's not heard. He's not having. We haven't heard about. And I don't think we've heard about insane no. contract demands for him. Just no. Just been, the, it's been the thing quiet. is, we've heard nothing about Moose. Like right. nothing. It's been absolutely insane that there's just been absolutely nothing. So we'll see what happens with, with Mustakis. Um, you know, I, I do. I do think that all the all the teams we've mentioned have plausible paths to getting him, uh, and we'll see what happens there. Second, we get any information, we'll go ahead and update you there. But uh, that's going to wrap us up. Jason, what's the uh, what's the travel schedule looking like next weekend? Uh, next weekend, I am home. I have uh, the only trip I have this week is driving over to Raleigh for a couple of days, but I am home next weekend. All right. Well, in, in, enjoy your week. And Justin, thank you so much for producing. I will talk to you soon. I think tomorrow with our with our guests, but we'll get all that hammered out. And uh, until then, y'all have a good week. Peace. See you.